Door Guys number seven. This is Davis. And Scott. What's up, Scott? Ah, nothing. What's up, buddy? I have a bone to pick with you. Uh, is uh, it true that you did not set your lineup last week in fantasy? It is 100% you true. You son of a bitch. I would be number one right now. I had, I've had two, three great weeks, but I'm stuck at two because you lost, and I looked at your points. I already know that you didn't set your lineup, you I, son of a bitch. I did not set my lineup, <laughs> and it was a terrible week because, uh, yeah, I could have won even though I was supposed to get blown out, and... It just, it, it was a terrible week. Yeah, I'm real pissed. Yeah. Just started off. I had a terrible sports day yesterday, and fucking I should be number one in fantasy. I'll probably lose in fantasy today. Yeah, you'll be uh, happy to know I'm probably going to lose today, too, because I went to set my lineup, and I don't have anybody to replace people with yeah. because I haven't paid attention <laughs> to it. So, uh, yeah, I've got so, a couple guys in, inactive, and perfect. Uh, one of my guys is on a bye week. <laughs> so, uh. just... Well, good news is is uh, we're here to do a podcast. Yes, <laughs> let's kick it off. All right, uh, today we have um, the king of the door guys, the uh, guy who's been there. Probably, if you, I guess I would say, if you think about the funny, if I think about the funny bone right now, there's about three people that you that are the funny bone, and this guy's one of them. It's Vinny. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> nothing, nothing. Welcome to the show, dude. Thanks. Great to be here. Glad to have you on. <clears throat> He is the godfather of the door guys. That is true. He trained probably all of us, especially when it comes to doing sound. I know he's trained me. Yeah, I'm pretty so, much trained everybody that's stuck around. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I trained a guy who did not stick around. Yeah, whenever they put guys on the days that I'm not there, they don't seem to last too long. This is true. You told me this, too, when I trained this guy that he wouldn't last because I trained him. Yep. <laughs> uh, he wasn't wrong. He wasn't. He called it. I've seen it before. Taught us everything we know. <laughs> <laughs> so, like every episode, we're going to ask Vinny some questions, and then he's going to tell some stories. And, uh, yeah, he's got a lot of stories to tell. So this is going to be a good one. A good one. Um, so, first question we always ask is, why did you get a job at the Funny Bone? So, I was young and dumb and was living beyond my means and living on credit cards, and so I needed to get a second job. Um, Jen, who was we were just dating at the time, she was working at Target as a second job. And she was, she had been there for a long time. It was not liking it. So she was looking in the paper and saw that the funny bone was hiring because they were in transition from the old club to the new club. <clears throat> so then we both applied and we went up there, we filled out the paper, we don't have to get the paper application and they didn't have doors up. They just had pieces of plywood hanging there with oh. two <laughs> envelopes, one with empty apps and one with completed apps. Oh, nice. So we took that, filled it out, dropped it in the box. And so then we they do open callbacks for open interviews. And we, I was in the process of moving from one apartment to another at the time. So my phone was shut off and I was like, Oh, I didn't put my cell phone on there. So they, but they had called oh, Jen no. and said, Hey, show up at this bank at this time. And we're doing uh, open interviews. So I went along with Jen. I figured either I'll get an interview or I'll just support her. <clears throat> so then I'm sitting in there in the lobby and Colleen comes out and she's, you know, calling off names. And I said, I don't know if I'm on the list or not. She goes, what's your name? And I told her, I said, Vinnie Raven. She's like, oh, yeah, you're on the list. I remember that name. So then I went in, had the interview and uh, walked out of there with the job. And I didn't know what the dress code was. I didn't know what I was getting paid. I didn't really know what I was doing. I just knew that I had a job. Did they hire you for sound guy? Like, is that what you applied for? Was door guy sound it was guy? Door guy. No, door, not, not just sound door guy. guy. Right. Because when we first started, we had a sound guy. A guy that did just sound. Gotcha. Okay. <clears throat> and he was there for, I don't know, a year or so, a year and a half. And he would do nothing. He wouldn't seat. 
He wouldn't do any of that stuff. He just hung out in the sound booth the whole time. Oh, wow. Yeah, we can't do that now. <laughs> no. Well, and so then... Yeah, that would be... Uh, I, th- I think I would take offense to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so they wanted him to cross-train one of the other door guys on sound in case you know he couldn't be there or something like right. that. And the guy that was doing sound always made it seem super hard. And then uh, this guy goes on, he's like, that's not hard at all. Right. And then he trained all of us, and then we started to spread that wealth and then it became sound in, you know, sound became part of the door, door. position. And then that guy got fired. <laughs> not, not because of the spreading of the wealth, but because of other actions of his uh, own choice. Well, yeah, he doesn't sound like the best dude that he's making a job sound harder so that no one else can do it. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. That's, I mean, you always have job to have security. I mean, you know, right. Hey, if it's too hard for anyone else to do, I'm the only one they can rely on pretty much. Yeah. But also on the other hand, you have to like, if this guy gets the flu or say COVID comes around, you got to have somebody else to fucking be able to do it too. So, you know, you have to have more than one. Yeah. That Definitely. Makes sense. <clears throat> so, uh, and that was back when, you know, we had, Shows on Wednesday, Thursday, two Friday, two Saturday, and a Sunday, and they were still smoking in the club. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. So I mean, that was back in two thousand four. Holy cow! But yeah, so I got the job because I needed the money, and then uh, I got a different position during my day job, and then the funny bone became fun money, and then I had my daughter, and then I needed the money again. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> and then I got a different position at the day job, and then it was fun money. And then I had my son and then I needed the money again. Yeah, it's just that rotating cycle. of Right. Right. Is it fun or is it required? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, do I have to spend this on food and, and diapers and important stuff? Or can I go blow it on a cheeseburger and a beer? There you go. Yeah. Hey, I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> so before you got your job at the funny bone, were you in the comedy? A little bit. Um, I liked comedy. Uh, we, we used to go to the, they had another club downtown, uh, which shall not be named. Uh, we went to that a couple of times, we went to the funny bone a couple of times. Um, you know, so it wasn't like I was, you know, never been into comedy, but I, like most people, I never thought, Oh, Hey, I should go get a job at the comedy club. Yeah. It just happened to be, you know, I needed a job. They needed people and it went. And, uh, when, you know, the, the reason why we've lasted so long is we found out from Colleen that when they started, the hiring guys came in from Tampa and, in Cleveland and stuff like that. And they said, Hey, no, don't hire any couples. Cause it never works out. Well, Jen and I were dating and they didn't know that. And so like, uh, like a year or so later, I said, Colleen, I go, we were sitting next to each other talking. Didn't you think anything right. weird? <clears throat> She's like, no, I just thought it was nice that some future employees were uh, going to, you know, making friends already. <laughs> I'm like right on. And you know, her and I have been there, you know, since 2004, me more than her, but yeah. I feel like uh, every job has that little stipulation. Don't date coworkers. They don't want to hire couples, and it all, it never works out that it's way. Burned, it's burned <laughs> yeah. us a couple times at the club. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's that whole "don't shit where you eat" principle. Right, but right. you know, you got you got people like you and your your wife now, who uh, you know it's not a problem. And then you got people like Billy and Katie that they've been fine so far. Well, right. Yeah, there's been a, there's so been that, a few the, couples that have worked out. Yeah, yeah there's Funny Bone for sure. Matt and Kylie. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it works, but I know it can get disastrous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've seen that too. Well, the Funny Bone's a different kind of. I mean, most workplaces, obviously, you're going to date people that you get close with. You do that at work, but Funny Bone's almost like a family, so you even get like closer to people, you know. Right. So. You're dating your cousin, basically. Yeah. Hey, if you want to date your cousin, there's uh, plenty of states that allow it. <laughs> well, and Jen and I had 
we met at West at our day job. Gotcha. So we had, and we hit it from them for like nine months. Oh, okay. They had no clue. So we can be professional. So it's all about sure. how can the relationship coexist at work? Can right. you be professional yeah. and deal with it or not so much? Right. Perfect. So do you remember your first weekend who performed the first weekend you were there? I thought I did, (laughs) (laughs) but then a couple of years ago, Colleen, uh, reminded me who was there and I was like, Oh yeah. So, uh, it, that's the soft opening was Dan Greeter. Uh, he hasn't been out here for many years. Um, but that was just, you know, family, friends, that type of thing. And then the next week was Jay Medicine Hat. Ah, that's, that's, uh, who we want you to tell <laughs> stories about today. Um, is, uh, Mr. Medicine hat. I've got a, I've got a few. <laughs> yeah. Good. good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the soft opening, it was, you know, it's different. Um, and we didn't get a lot of training as door guys when I, we first started. That's why, you know, you guys can both attest when I train someone, I give you way too much information and I uh, tell you. Yes. That. Yeah. Because I got nothing. The, the show started there like, okay, go be door guys. I'm like, you've, oh. you told me that before. Yeah. That you, uh, you were just like here, do sound. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, okay. I, I'm standing around <laughs> and one of the big bosses goes, Hey, why is that bus tub full? Uh, oh, that's on me. Oh, sure. No problem. I'll yeah. get that bus tub. <laughs> hey, that trash can's overflowing. Oh, me again. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I'll get that. No problem. But no one told me these are things I needed to keep an eye on. So when you first started, uh, were those people like the first show nights were, um, those, uh, higher up corporate people here still to like help you guys out? Is that what you're talking about? Like the big boss people like yeah. from out of town were still here. They were here for like that first whole week. And gotcha. some, I think one of the, I think the kitchen guy and one of the other office guys, I think had stayed on for like a couple of weeks just gotcha. to kind of help get things going. I mean, Colleen didn't really need the help cause you know, it was just, same stuff, different club. Right. But they did change up things from how they used to do it at the old club. Sure. Which I think, you know, any business would do if they're making a big move, a big change like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Big upgrade. Right. Yeah. Big awesome. Time. Uh, so one of the questions we asked the other guys is, do you uh, remember like the first comedy special or uh, comedian that just really caught your attention and that you just fell in love with? So... One, I don't know that it was necessarily my first one, but one that I remember watching over and over and over again was Chris Rock. I think it was Bigger Blacker. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. It was a 99 uh, uh, special, and that was such a great one. I watched, I remember, I think I'd just gotten HBO recently because I'd never had it as a kid growing up. Sure. Yeah. And it was on. I was like, oh, let's check this out. I've, I've heard of Chris Rock. And then I laughed my ass off, and I watched it probably at least a half a dozen times. That one's great. I think he was wearing like a silk outfit. I feel like in that one. Yeah, it was all <laughs> matching. Yeah, and it's a big stage, and yeah. that's how I always remember what they're wearing for the most part, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's my metrosexuality coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have uh, a favorite comedian that you've worked with that you've done sound for? <clears throat> I mean, there's so many, this is such a hard question. I know, but I want to ask everyone (laughs) because we did it on one of the, one of the episodes. I feel like, I mean, you know, medicine hat was always fun. Right. Um, you know, I can think of more that I didn't like to do it for. 
Let's then. hear those guys. <laughs> that's, yeah, that, that, that seems to be a, 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 a running theme. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think those stick out more because when we're working there, for the most part, you know, 90 to 95% of the people that come through are awesome, are cool to us because, you know, and they're cool because they're live, they're trying to live out their dream, all that. It's very rarely that people come in that are fucking dicks. I think that's why they stick out more is because you're like, oh, this is odd because most people are very friendly. You know, they might have their weird quirks or be kind of weird or different, but they're always friendly and nice. And we're all a little bit different, too. That's why we all get along there. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Speaking of Medicine Hat, he... Um, I think he was pretty much everyone's favorite up there. We oh, yeah. still have uh, a huge picture of him. I'll post it on our Instagram. I took a picture of it the other night because I knew we were going to do this episode. We have a big poster of him in the in the booth. We need to take a picture of your shirt before you leave. Vinny wore a For great sure. shirt today, uh, medicine hat shirt. We'll post a picture of that too. Um, but he's just revered by everyone. He was loved by everybody. And uh I guess let's start out before we get into stories about him. Let's talk about like the whole process of a hypno hypnotist show, because it's a little bit different than a normal comedy show. I know like I got to work a few when I first started, um, but it was for a different um, hypnotist that I don't really want to say his name because he's not my favorite <laughs> dude ever. Good call, good call. But my job during that. So in a hip, hypnotist show, obviously he picks people out of the crowd and um, they go up All on volunteers. stage. Yeah, all volunteers. It's not, no one's planted or anything. And um, my job when I was there, when I first started was we have to sit up by the stage with a puke bucket <laughs> and to make sure that they don't fall off the stage because this particular hip hypnotist, he really didn't watch them very closely. And so <laughs> they had a tendency to get real close to falling off the stage. And uh, it was the first couple times I did it, it was pretty nerve wracking, but after a while it was the best seat in the house because there's mm -hmm. people like fucking their chairs yep. and like doing the craziest shit right in front of you. Yep. And, uh, I don't know, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about your role Vinny in it, because this is one of the things I think I talked about on uh, one of our first podcasts where like there's certain guys that come in and this is one in particular where, um, your job as a sound guy is way more important. You're almost a part of the show with him because it, it relies a lot on what you're doing in this one more than any other show. Definitely. And and I always told him, you know, I, I am part of the show and he, and he told me that many times because <clears throat> when he would get all the volunteers up there and we'd have set up some little spinning lights on the, on the stage. So that way give them something to focus on just to cause that eye fatigue. And then We'd bring the house lights down, bring the stage lights down so it's dark in there. The only thing that you can see by is the candle lights. And then we would play an induction music. It was a music that he had, you know, all hypnotists have one, but he had his particular one, kind of had some Indian flair to it and stuff like that. And uh, so then doing that, then he would get on the mic and do his speech and, and um, you know, do actually do the induction, get people hypnotized off stage, And then he'd go back up there and kind of finish them off and see who was awake, who wasn't awake, bring them down deeper. If he's going to be able to keep them and go through the stuff. <clears throat> and the ones that he wasn't going to keep, he would, you know, say it's time to wake up and, you know, have, that's when the other door guy would be important. That's on the side of the stage to reach out and help those people down. Cause they were just sitting there with their eyes closed and head down for, you know, anywhere from seven to 10 minutes before you finally cut them loose. Get a little dizzy when you get up. From yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and they've been drinking. Right. Oh yeah. Right. So, 
and drunk medicine. I always just say drunk and hypnosis do not go together. No, that makes sense. Yeah. And so, so then when he would get his crew all tightened up and everything set up, then he would say, okay, on the count of three, and he have him give a round of applause. And he'd say, okay, on the count of three, you're going to feel the sun on your faces. One, two, three. And at that point you had to pop that light to pop on because if they he feel said, that heat, right. Cause if he had said one, two, three, and there's no light or there's no heat, there's nothing to him that would wake some of them up. Cause they wouldn't get that sense of right. feeling. Yeah. Gotcha. And he, cause he told them this is going to happen. And, and hypnosis is all about being able to take what somebody tells you and believe it as that's what's actually happening. So if somebody, if he reaches his hands out and says, here's a puppy, you have to be willing to go, Oh, here's a puppy. I'm going to hold and cuddle this puppy. But if you're like, that's not a puppy, then hypnosis isn't going to work on you. Gotcha. And so same type of thing. If the light comes on and you don't feel that light, then you're going to, and you're not that susceptible. You're going to be like, well, there's no light. I'm waking up. Yeah. And so then there were other cues like that as well. Cause he, he had said that there were many times that, you know, he'd go to other places and he's like, you know, I can't I'm tired of going to all these shit shows and all these people that just don't get it. And you know, it, it ruins the show, but when right. he, said, he loved coming back here cause he knew that we had our shit quote wired up tight. Right. And, uh, so that way he knew that he didn't have to worry about the logistics of the show and he could focus on putting on a great show. Right. And so there was the Which light. Is the most important thing for him. Because yeah. Then right. He doesn't have that worry that shit, the light's not going to come on. Or, right. Or the sound. Cause the sound he or, would do, he would do that. He would, he used to do a car radio bit, but he had stopped doing that for a while. Um, he would do a, a, a band. He would do a bodybuilder. He would do other things. And when he would give a certain keyword and when he would wake them up, that needed to pop. Or when he said go, it needed to go. And if, that wasn't going again, that could, I mean, even people that had been hypnotized for 20, 25 minutes, if he told them, you know, on the count of three, you're going to hear music one, two, three, and there's no music for two or three seconds, people would pop out of that as well. Cause you know, there's different levels of hypnosis, you know, there's super deep and it doesn't matter what you do. Those people aren't coming out of that trance. Right. Yeah. Right. Versus people who are kind of there and they're going through it and they're hypnotized, but it, you know, so they, they could still be woken up. Right. Well, and one of the things sitting close that I always, that I started to notice after a while is I could tell when someone was like really deep in there, mm-hmm. I could tell when someone was trying to fake it. And mm-hmm. I could tell when someone was like you said, that it was kind of, you know, they probably could be waking up, but they are still, they're still on board for, for this thing, but yep. they're, they're teetering on not maybe being on it. And then some people are just fucking gone. <laughs> yeah. <dude>. Like <laughs> gone. Like I remember in, I had been to a medicine hat show before at the old club. Uh, and I don't remember much about it. The main thing I remember about it is my ex-wife was, we were sitting at our table and she was like staring into the candle cause people in the crowd can be hypnotized also. And she started like dozing off and I was like elbowing her. Cause I was like, there's, this is not something she would want to do for sure. Mm-hmm. And she was mad because they tell you that it's like eight hours of sleep after you've been hypnotized for like 20 minutes or whatever it yeah, is. Four hours and, uh, or an hour. Yeah. Something like that. And, and she was like, I just, I wanted to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I really, uh, remember about it. But, um, the, uh, the, the, 
the other guy that did it, which I feel like he stole after hearing some of the th- bits that medicine had did for sure. He stole some of his bits. Yeah. Uh, he would say, you know, like no one's going to take their clothes off or anything. And this chick was gone one time and she started like taking her dress off up there. And I was like, <laughs> oh, what shit. the fuck? Dude? Yeah. That would happen more often than you think. <laughs> well, like, so I never worked a medicine hat show. Obviously I've only been there a little over a year. Um, and he's been gone since 2014, 2012, 2012. Um, but I was one of the people who went to a medicine hat show and went up on stage and wrote out the entire show hypnotized. And I'm pretty sure he had me all the way under. And so like what you were saying with the lights and, and I remember getting going under and then the, you're out, oh, what was it? You're out on a beach in the sun. Yep. And so the lights hit you. It feels warm. It feels like you're at the beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we, he was like, now you're going to put some sunscreen on, you know, don't forget to put your sunscreen on or whatever. And so I remember like rubbing my arms and my legs. And, uh, I remember him doing that. So you bit. have, I've never been hypnotized. And I think it's also because like, I don't like, you could tell me something now that's in the news. I fucking wouldn't believe you. So like, <laughs> that's probably part of it. But I, uh, you're you can have you still have memories of that event like you I remember there. everything that happened and everything that i did actually more so than other things that were around that same time like i remember it almost vividly in my mind exactly what happened that's, although i that's don't crazy it, it was like they say it's you know the power of suggestion you know it wasn't sure. and he, he would tell us or he told everybody you know i won't make you do anything that you wouldn't normally do. Yep. No, no, no hypnosis doesn't work that way. It's like, I can't force you to go against your own moral code. Right. right. But, uh, so he, the, the bits that I remember him doing with the hypnosis when I was up on stage was the sun in the, the, the lotion. We did a spelling bee at oh, the very yeah, end. I remember that. Yeah. I do remember uh, that. That's a good one. That's a great bit. We did, uh, Aretha Franklin's band. Yep. He liked and that then we did, Oh, there's another one that I, it's like right there, but I can't remember. But the Aretha Franklin one made me laugh because bodybuilder. He, I don't think he did bodybuilder when I was up on stage. Oh, but yeah, he'd usually do bodybuilder or, or, or spelling bee. Yeah. Um, but the Aretha Franklin one, I was a gay backup dancer is what he told me. <laughs> yep. And there was a dude. So in front of the stage, there was three tables and the table in the middle, there was a guy that looked like Willie Nelson. And oh, he told me he came out all the time. Yeah. He would tell me, I mean, he would whisper these things into people's ears. So the crowd didn't really know hundred percent right. of what was going on. He was like, when I say the phrase Bronco burger, you're going to notice this guy that looks like Willie Nelson and you're going to be super attracted to him. And that's all you're going to be able to think about. <laughs> and I kid you not when he said Bronco burger, I jumped off the stage and I was next to the table, unbuttoning my shirt. I'm like, you boys having a good time? And the one guy was like, I was. I was like, don't lie. You still are. And, and then he's like, all right. you know. And he brings me back up on stage. And he knew. I mean, I was completely under. Yeah. And then for the spelling bee, the word he gave me was cock. But then when... It's your favorite word. <laughs> yeah, I know. He should have got that one right for sure. Uh, but he, wh- 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 you know how it worked. He would say yeah. a regular word and then you'd spell. Yeah, he would give you a dirty a, he word. Give you a regular word like you know, uh, abstinence. Or Mine was like elephant. That. Elephant. Okay, yeah, and then he, he wanted you to spell dirty. He said, "The dirtier it is, the more you're gonna win." He and said, then use it in win. a sentence. And then yeah, so you had to spell the word and then use it in a sentence, and you're p- going for like a million dollars, something like that. Hit some prize money, right. something to make you want to get so, as dirty as possible. So my exact line was, "He said elephant," and I walked up and grabbed the mic and I said, "Cock." 
C-O-C-K. And he said, use it in a sentence. I was like, the bitch used her teeth on my cock, so I slapped her. <laughs> and the whole fucking place erupted. I don't know where it came from. It was just like, it was there. I didn't have to think about it. It no. just flowed right out. Because that was uh, that suggestion. It was right under. there. Yeah. And the, the best part about it is then at the end, he, you know, everyone who was under, he would do the um, suggestion. You know, if you wanted a hypnotic suggestion, either for weight loss or quitting smoking or whatever, and uh, at the time I was a smoker and I said, you know, I, I like to quit smoking. And so he did his thing. And I, I seriously didn't smoke for probably almost a week. And eventually I went back to it just because I was out drinking one night. But <laughs> I really think that that would have helped me quit smoking because, I mean, I really I left the place and didn't even want a cigarette. So and that when you're up there because you're up and up and down, he said that every time he brings you awake and puts you back to sleep, that's like a whole cycle. And so then at the end, he would say, you know, this is my gift to you. Here's the, the, the suggestion you wanted. If, if they want a weight loss or stop smoking or, or whatever, if there's something particular, they would do that. Or <clears throat> he always gave stop smoking and weight loss to everyone. And then it would last for a certain amount of time. But then at the end of the show, he would also sell CDs, a weight loss CD and a, hypno- or a stop yep. smoking CD. And then you were supposed to listen to those uh, once a day. And because that, w- it's, that puts you in a light state of hypnosis and then... You, but you do that over time, so that way you keep getting that little bit added. And he said that the people who got on stage and then got a CD that would usually stick for them, yeah, because then they could, you know, because they got that big punch of that stop smoking or the weight loss, and then the rest of it was, you know, they they could continue that out. What was that sound? I have no (laughs) idea. (laughs) That was weird. I don't know. I don't know. There's a fucking ghost in here. (laughs) Uh, I was actually hypnotized a couple of times too, because I didn't always. That's what I was going to ask next. Um, So when I, because I didn't start doing sound. In fact, the first time that I started seating, started doing the seating chart, running the board, that was a medicine hat show. A sold out medicine hat show. So the first time I ran the board was 280 people. So the first time you ever did sound, you had to do the whole hypnotist? No, no, no. The first time I ran the the floor, the seating chart. Oh, 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 oh. I ran the board. Gotcha. So so not 150 people finding space for 150 people. Right, right. I had to find space for 300 people. Yeah. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know, so you don't just walk into the club and say, at least our club, and say, I'm going to sit anywhere. Or buy a ticket that has your seat printed on your ticket yeah we don't we, do that ahead of time we nope. assign the seats and it's usually based on servers and uh you know if you have vip tickets let's or, put a puzzle together it, That's it, how it's, it's literally like human puzzle. It's, it, yeah. it's legos you're building the, to fill it in as efficiently as possible and keep people together <laughs> it's more difficult than it sounds but yeah. we're trying to make it sound like rocket science it's not that either so it's, <laughs> no. it's somewhere in the middle <laughs> <laughs> we're not geniuses but we're not morons for your first night, if you had to do a sold out show 300, you'd probably be like, what the fuck? Probably really stressful. (laughs) It was a little stressful. Yeah. Um, but so, cause that was when one of the other guys that the, 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 not the main sound guy, well, I guess he did it for a while, but one of the other guys was doing sound. And so then I had come up two or three different times on my off nights and watched the show, went up there and got hypnotized and I go out like quick oh real easy yeah. oh yeah <laughs> that's well, good to know what's funny <laughs> <laughs> what's funny for me is the reason i went up is i'm one of those people that when i go under i need extra anesthesia because i'm resistant to it mm-hmm. and so being told that the doctor also told me usually with people that are resistant to anesthesia they're less likely to be able to be hypnotized mm-hmm. so i went up there big dick energy like oh you can't put me under and when he said look it, it was like a like a it's disco like, ball yep. thing 
And I remember looking mm-hmm. at that and then him saying, now close your eyes. And I, I couldn't stop myself. I, you know, I was <laughs> fucking under uh-huh. <laughs> and it was just that quick. And I, I was one of those guys that went up there thinking, no, I'm, I'm fine. You're not going to get me, buddy. And uh, he definitely got me quick. <laughs> and it comes over you quick. I mean, that's yeah. why, you know, you said your ex-wife that happened yeah. in the crowd. Yeah. There are people that do that in the crowd all the time pass out in the crowd because they would watch the candle or even not even that. And then you guys usually pull them on the stage, right? Sometimes. Some of the time. It depended on how many people he actually kept up there. Gotcha. And how out they were. Cause if they were a little bit out, you remember we talked about the different levels. Sure. If they were low to mid, if he didn't have enough people up there, then he would, he, we would bring the house lights up and he would wake them up. And then towards the end, it got to be where I would just wake them up. I would know the keywords that he would say, how he would say it. And then I would just wake him up at their table and then we'd move on. Did you ever have anyone that fell asleep at the table <sighs> that you guys did not see? And during a suggestion or something that stuck with them and like at their chair, they like jumped up or did some crazy shit. Oh yeah. That happened a lot where, <laughs> where we would miss it. Cause sometimes the service would be like, Hey, that person over there has got their head down or whatever. And you would think, and, but there were times where when he would do the, the lotion thing, there's people sitting there rubbing lotion on themselves in the middle of the crowd and we didn't see it. And then the server would go around and start taking drinks and see it. And they're like, Oh, Hey, and then we say to the friends, why didn't you tell us they were hypnotized? Hey, this dude's over here lubing up. Yeah. <laughs> they were busy sitting there laughing at their friends. They're like, look at this dumbass. <laughs> but yeah, that happened all the time. It's, uh, uh, he also did, um, he, like, how did his weekend go? I feel like it was, you know, two shows Friday or Thursday, uh, one, two Friday, Saturday, but then I felt like there was, uh, and maybe this was just at the old club. He did like a, a X rated show or something that was like a late, like a third show maybe. So way the way we, I don't know how they did it at the old club, <clears throat> but at the new club at first it started, well, we had Wednesday shows then, but then he would also do his dirty show on Monday nights. Okay. So one Thursday, one Wednesday, one Thursday, two Friday, two Saturday, one Sunday, one Monday. And he would stay over an extra day. So, I mean, that's, he was there almost a, a whole week. Yeah. And then uh, he didn't like staying so long. So then he started doing it as a late Sunday show. So we would do two shows on Sunday. So we'd oh, have a 7 gotcha. and a 9.30. And the 9.30 was the X-rated show, the dirty show. And what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because like I'm the, show, the show I went to was just a regular show right. when I went up on stage. So, and, and it was still kind of risque. It wasn't anything crazy, but... If you're saying X-rated, I could see well, that in the, getting in the other hypnotist that came, his shit got a little wild at times where, like I said, people were like fucking their chairs and shit and yeah. it gets a little crazy. So that's why. And <laughs> I know Medicine Hat had like a, a certain bits that had a little s- sexualizing to them or whatever. And uh, so to me, I'm just curious what did an X-rated show entailed in? <laughs> well, there was we no need f- to bring them back or what? <laughs> <laughs> well, there was no fucking. I mean, there's that's, no nudity. That's probably good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, because our liquor license didn't allow sure. for the nudity. Sure. That's, you know, what everybody was like, oh, take it off. And Medicine Hat would look at him and go, it's not your name on a liquor license. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> yeah, right. Keep it on. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, uh, so some of the shows, the regular shows, he would dip into the X-rated bits. The X-rated bits were more for uh, the people that were under more. So like the spelling, Dirty Spelling Bee. Yeah. That's an X-rated show bit. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. But. If he felt he had a good enough crowd and people that were enough people that were out enough. And it also also depended on the people in the audience. Sure. Because if the crowd was shitty or the crowd wasn't really into it or they was a late Friday and they were drunk, 
<clears throat> then he would get pissed off and then he'd be like, fuck these people. I'm done with the show. And then yeah. he would, sometimes he would end the show super early. It also kind of depended on how much he had been drinking as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk I've heard about some stories about yeah. him. So, um, but so it would, the X rated show would, the, the spelling bee was one. Uh, another bit that he would do is he would tell the guys that they were pregnant and make them give birth on stage. Oh, I, I believe this is one that I saw when I was there yeah. watching him. That was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he would <clears throat> also make them, uh, at the end of the show, <laughs> at the end of the show, he would have everybody, he would say the keyword or he'd wake them all up, do the end stuff. And he'd give everybody their suggestion. And then he, at the end, he would always go down the line. Each person find out who that person was with. He did that when I was there. And then he would say, okay, who's these people with? And he's like, okay. And then he would give them all a keyword. And so that the guy sitting on the side of the stage had to write down these keywords because he didn't remember what the hell he said. Sure. <clears throat> and so then, you know, he'd be like violin, Bronco burger, you know, Wendy's Omaha, whatever. And then he would give them something to say. So then he'd wake them all up, you know, have them get them out of the trance and have the crowd give them applause. And then he would say, okay, um, you know, and he'd go down the line and be like, you know, Bronco Burger. And somebody would stand up and say, my dick is hard. Who's going to suck it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I'm, I'm Sergeant Erection ready for inspection. And then, and then he'd have the girls, <laughs> he'd have the girls, you know, say different things and stuff like that. Or sometimes he would just have them do things. And then <laughs> now, now that you're saying that he had me say, I have two inches of hard dick. Who's ready. <laughs> now that you're saying that, I remember that specifically at the very end. Yep. That, yep. He would do that. And <clears throat> he would do that sometimes with the black guys too, which was hilarious. Hear the black guys <laughs> say, I got a two bit dick. Who wants, who's ready for it? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> he would also, and this, he would usually say for the x-ray show, but again, sometimes it would work in the regular show. Right. If he had a really hot chick up there and she was out, he would give her the key word. And so she would stand up, they always stood up to say what they say. Oh, sometimes he had guys be cheerleaders or whatever, but so he'd have this girl stand up, stick her hand down in her pants, put it in her pussy, pull her finger out and stick it in his mouth. Oh, yeah! I can hear vividly. And I, like I said, I only saw him like once his maniacal laugh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I can hear it too. And sometimes he'd come to me after the show. He'd go, man, that tasted like sweet apple pie. <laughs> Jesus. And then there were a couple of times he's like, man, that tasted like a bag of nickels. Yeah. What did he do? <laughs> no shit. I feel like when I was there, I saw him do to a chick where he told her when he touched her wrist or her hand that she would orgasm. And fucking she loved that shit. She went off. <laughs> she was fucking coming hard. I forgot about that. Yeah, that, that's usually another extra bit. He would touch their wrist and he'd say, you know, when I touch you on the wrist, it's like you're wearing a, it's like you're a vibrator. Right. And then he's every time I touch it, it would buzz and you know, and then he would touch it and then he, oh no, his forehead, he would do the forehead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah Cause then he'd come up, he'd touch it. That's and right. Touch that's it, right. And touch and he'd it. And he'd make the, he'd make the mic. Into the mic. <laughs> into the mic. <laughs> <laughs> and the girls up there twitching. Shaking, oh yeah. The chick I saw, she was like coming out of her chair, dude. Yeah. She was like, Oh yeah. wow. I don't remember. I didn't see any of that. Yeah. And then he would go at the end. He'd be like, maybe I went to the X-rated show. Cause I saw the pregnant bit and I saw that you one. Might have, but I don't, I don't know. I, I was always like, I'm curious what the X-rated yeah. show. And then, then he would say, you know, he's like, Oh, cause that's where it was. Cause he said, then when I touch you on the wrist, then 
when he was doing the setup. He'd say, when I touch you on the wrist, then you're going to have the most intense orgasm yes. you've ever had That's in your what life. It was. So it's going to be like, the sky opens up and baby Jesus himself is yes. making you come. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, I mean, she fucking loved that shit. I dude. bet. <laughs> and then he would tap the wrist and he would sometimes just cause he's, you know, he was a dick and he liked yeah, to do that oh, stuff. Yeah. And, and I mean, he's standing right next to a girl as she's coming. Right, right, right. So he'd tap her and tap her again and tap her again. And, and then the down. girls would fall down oh, on the yeah. floor. And, <laughs> and then, he, then he'd always pick him, pick her back up and set her on her chair. And then he'd go, wow, that was something, wasn't it? And then he'd go, she's going to walk out here tonight going. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know. And I don't know. I don't think I was up by the stage during this, but the guy that we brought in at, uh, after medicine had to do it. He had one where. There was a guy in the crowd who kind of looked like Riff Raff a little bit, but he got mad because his girlfriend was doing a uh, masturbation bit where the girls would have to do um, jerk off like a dude and the dudes would have to like rub it like they had a pussy or whatever. And this guy got mad. It was like yelling at the staff about you guys are making her jerk off or whatever. And we were like, uh, you know, you understand this. She doesn't really have a dick, sir. <laughs> She's not really yeah. jerking off. Yeah. But I guess my question is, do you have stories about other people freaking out because their significant others up there and something crazy went sideways and they're like, I go, I'm not approving of this shit. Oh yeah. I'll answer that. But you reminded me of other bits as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, there were there is usually dudes. Dudes would get so pissed that his girl was up there and right. he was making his girl do these things. And, sure. And so he's like, You get her off stage right now. And medicine's like, All right, calm down. And then he would wake her up and then Because you can't just pull someone off the stage because no. then they're still gonna be hypnotized. Like you're gonna call later and be like, right. my wife's still hypnotizing. Oh. <laughs> right. And that happened uh, a time or two, yes. Oh, really? Yeah, not quite the home bit, but there were right. people by the time they got to their car, they they had come back and like She's still hypnotized. You got to wake her up more. <laughs> um, but yeah, but there were people that got pissed off about their, like I said, it's usually guys getting pissed off, not too much girls getting mad about their, because they love, you know, I mean, girls love watching guys do stupid shit. Right, right. And then they can make fun of them and laugh at them later. And dudes get jealous about dudes stupid get shit. Jealous yeah. About, yeah. About the girls dancing. I don't, I don't think there was ever, I was trying to think if maybe any of the girls that got mad that he made them gay dancers. Yeah. Um, because he loved to do that. He loved to, during the song, if he had extra guys, I was like, all right, uh, that guy's going to be the gay dancer. And <laughs> I was 98% of the time that guy was the gay dancer or oh, yeah. those guys were the gay dancer. I could tell who he liked to pick for that, that, uh, position. But yeah, so he, so there was, there was some people that got pissed off. Yeah. I think but, that the, the time that I went up on stage, I think most of the guys actually, were ones that came off because they weren't under enough mm-hmm. or you know like after you know like the, the sunscreen thing like because i remember he brought all of us up he did the the thing to bring everybody down and people came off right away yep and then we did the sun the sunscreen out in the sun bit and then a couple more people came off yep. and then i think by the time we were done there was only like seven of us left but i think i was it was either me and one other guy or I was the only guy left by the end of it. Like most, most of the women that had gone up had stayed up the whole time mm-hmm. because they were out. But yeah, I, I was definitely the only, I think the only choice for the gay dancer. <laughs> yeah. There was a certain point. In, <laughs> well, I mean, naturally, but yeah, I mean. <laughs> um, there was a point in the show where, <clears throat> where he would get up to like, it was after that whole bidding. So there was the hip, hip, the induction. And then there was the setting up part. There was the sunscreen, the hot, it would go hot and cold. Um, he used to have him drive a car. And then once he got to a certain point, then he had 
his picks. And then he knew who he could and couldn't keep. And so that's why up until then people would be coming and going. And seven is actually a good number because we would have 12 chairs. Um, and he was happy if he could keep five. Yeah. So if he had more than, but sometimes he would keep 10 and that got to be too much for him to handle. Yeah. But you know, it's like throwing the dice. It's, you know, you throw a pot of spaghetti against the wall and see how many stick and hopefully you get enough to have a show. Right. Well, and, and having too many people, I can see, I feel like that was one of the mistakes the, the newer guy brought when he mm-hmm. brought, cause he turned his back on him, wasn't watching him, And I'm not positive, but, uh, well, I guess he would have done it. Our stage is small, so well, and we have those and we, extensions. We, we bring the extensions, but still, there's not a lot of room, you know, from the wall to where the stage drops off for them to be dancing around. And so, if you're not watching them, someone can really get hurt because they're not in the right mind, you know. Like mm-hmm. really, you know, they're dancing around. They're not. They don't know what the fuck they're doing for the most well, part. Well, yeah. When he said Bronco Burger, I literally just jumped off the stage. Right. Like there was no right. hesitation. No people could like know. break their fucking ankle or do yeah. something. Crazy, I mean, it's not like know? it's that high, but it's high enough that if you would have, you know, you land wrong, you roll your ankle, you and break it, or yeah, and yep. you're you're jumping in the dark with lights in your face, so you don't know what you're landing on. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's why we kept a guy on both sides of the stage to help watch that whole thing. And you think our stage is small, you know, we got, there's for people that haven't been, there's a huge support pole, like a part of the structure, part right. of the building in the middle of the stage. Well, the stage was originally going to be at the edge of that pole, but we're, they were like, there's not enough room to do a medicine hat show if we put the stage that far out. So our stage would be even smaller than it right, is. Right. Right. So then well, I guess probably about as it is now with the curtain. Okay. So before we had the curtains, we would use the whole thing because we would put the chairs on the side of the pole. So to give them some room to do that stuff. So yeah. It, so in the early days, they didn't have a curtain. There's just a big fucking pole behind the stage. It was just a big fucking yeah. pole behind the stage. <laughs> I'm pretty sure when I went to the show, that was how, I mean, it was just no curtain and it was, the chairs were lined up next to the pole. I think we had brick back there on the wall. That makes, I feel and like that's correct. We took the brick down and then painted it. And then we switched out. Then we switched to curtains. Because, I mean, the curtains came up when Medicine Hat was gone because, well, we didn't, didn't need have that space back there anymore. Right. Um, <clears throat> yeah. But you had mentioned uh, that, that uh, other uh, dirty bit. Yeah, the jerking out where. Yeah. <laughs> that was definitely an extraded bit where he would flip the guy, flip the part so the guys would have pussies and the guys, girls would I have I figured kids. after you were naming some that that was a stolen bit that I had seen also. Yep, so. <laughs> yep that was Medicine Hat there as well. And then... Uh, at the end that's of the, a great bit by the oh way. yeah it was so hilarious. funny to see people's style dude well, <laughs> oh yeah medicine hat would also take them take the guys no and sometimes he would just take the guys if he had a lot of guys and you know you can't really it's only fun to watch you know some guys you know it's fun to watch the girls try and jerk off too oh yeah no it's <laughs> fun to watch them that was like i said my favorite one of my favorite bits that this dude stole is yeah. <laughs> uh, was that one because to watch like what the opposite what they thought it was supposed to be like or like how they do like some dudes are slapping their post their face <laughs> some chicks are jerking off like they have 19 inch cocks dude. they're like fucking yeah, like, going way out, out. <laughs> that's awesome but if he had just a bunch of guys he would tell them that their dick and balls were on their forehead Oh, what? Uh, so they'd sure. just be like, they're jerking <laughs> off up here? Yeah. They'd be looking at it, and some guys would shake their head back and forth like they're moving their nutsack out of their face. And, like, especially the guys that had long hair, they're shaking their nuts out of their face. And <laughs> That's so fucking good. But, yeah, that was, it was a, that was a good bit. And then at the end of the actuated show, so after he did the saying the word and doing that stuff, 
then he would tell every, he would have a, the keyword for this was always hypnosis. When he would say hypnosis, then he wanted people to demonstrate their favorite sexual position. Oh, <laughs> that's where some of the guys got a little dicey and seeing some of that stuff. Oh, <laughs> gen- generally the crowd went crazy when everyone's up there, you know, you get dudes, you know, you know, Picking up chairs and oh, yeah. eating it out and yes. bending it over. And yeah, but he that. always said, don't touch anyone. Right. By yourself. <laughs> Got to specify yeah. by yourself. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a dude railing a chair right in front of my, like his crotch, like where I'm sitting, his crotch is, his dick is in my face, basically. <laughs> and he's just fucking pounding this chair. <laughs> that's, that, that's so awkward. And then yeah. I'm like, why am I working here? <laughs> and then, he, then, and then he, I remembered how much I love it. Yeah. And then he would give a keyword, you're like Omaha. And then when they said Omaha, when he said Omaha, then they would all come at the same time. So then you got these nine, seven to nine people up there all going, oh, 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 oh." (laughs) that's fucking great. That's awesome. I wish I would have seen that. (laughs) Yeah, that was, that was great. Do you have a, I know you've told a a couple stories already. Do you have a favorite memory of Medicine Hat? Like a story, maybe something that crazy that happened. You know that we love the fucking crazy shit. Yeah. (laughs) Well, my favorite I'll tell my favorite personal story and then okay. I'll tell a favorite, uh, c- couple of favorite you know, awesome. show awesome. stories. <clears throat> so my favorite personal story, and I had said this at, um, his memorial that we did, he happened to be in town and he loves, loves rockabilly music. He loved Reverend Horton Heat and I love Reverend Horton Heat. Yep. Huge. You know, I learned about him through you and another door guy, Christian. Yep. Uh, yep. Christian's a big yep, fan too. Yep. And we, and we, we loved him. And it so happened this one time that he was in town and so was Reverend Horton Heat. They were playing down at Sokol. So after the show got over, so he, <laughs> we kept trying to get him to end the show quicker, but he didn't because, you know, he, he says he's going to go short and he never does. Because he, he loved it. He loved it. He <laughs> yeah. would have fun. He's like, yeah. he's like, I just lost track of time. Right. But so then the <laughs> show gets over and we had gotten tickets to go see Reverend Horton Heat. And that night it was kind of snowing out. And he's like, he's like, well, I'm too drunk to drive because it's down at Sokol, which was, you know, clear class on the other side of town. Right. And so he's like, I'm too right. drunk. You got to drive us, Vince. I'm like, all right. So it was me and Jen, my wife, and then uh, Jay and his friend Margie. And I drove us all down to Sokol. We went down there, got tickets, went in, watched Reverend Horton Heat. He bought me a shirt. He bought Jen a shirt. He bought us all shots of Jack. And we stood there and watched Reverend Horton Heat together. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. That's awesome. That, that was, is, that's really that's cool. so cool. Yeah. And he did, he loves his Jack. How many shots would you take a show? Oh gosh, so many. Well, it's not just a show. Cause he would drink shots before the show. Uh, yeah, that's true. Drink shots between shows. He would drink shots during the show. I mean, you know, people like to buy him shots and then, you know, you know, anywhere from, I would say on an average show, at least four shots of Jack. And yeah, I remember him, the waitress bringing yep. a, uh, a tray up. Um, when I saw him and I don't remember in my head, it's probably more, but it like circled the fucking tray and he just, while they were, he was inducing them. He just took a break, put the mic to the side and just bam, bam, bam. One after another, took them all. And six. Fucking, she went away. I always six, do six. Yeah. Like, six. Let's do six. Cause he's like, he's like, give me a shot. <clears throat> let's, let's, let's do six. And, yeah. and sometimes you do, let's do six. So let's bring down a tray and rail them all through and like they're nothing. <laughs> like and nothing then, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, then sometimes, you know, we, he'd be in the last bit at the very end he had just given the suggestions he's just about to wake him up he'd go 
Go get me another shot. I'm not quite drunk enough to finish the show. <laughs> or, I'm not quite drunk enough to drive home yet. Let me get another one. <laughs> and that is why to this day, uh, and it'd be in October too, um, our boss thinks that the club is haunted by mm-hmm. Jay, and we leave a cigarette and a shot of Jack Daniels up on the bar for him. Yep. And, and when he gets pretty pissed, I think, because we've had a couple computer problems, and we haven't been there in months, so I think he's pissed that he hasn't been getting his shot. Have they filled that back up? Because I don't know. I don't think they have. Because when it would get empty, things would happen. Things would happen. They would fill it back up, and and there's an old door guy, our bartender, Eric, and he's bald. No hair. Yes. And he said that he was bartending one day, and he felt like a hair tickling the back of his neck. Which oh, is, no shit. He can't happen to him. You know, yeah, right. he, has no, he literally has no Right, hair. but Medicine had a long ponytail, and so he kept looking over his shoulder, and he's like, what's going on? And then he looked up, and Jay's shot glass was empty. So he went, filled it back up with Jack, and then he they said- He didn't fill it. He didn't fill that. That's correct. I hair, believe it. Uh, I, I could definitely see it. Yeah. And I'll go even one, uh, I'm off topic, but- No, you're fine. Question, you're but, fine. Keep um, going. <laughs> yeah. So another crazy thing is, we had the memorial for Jay. Right. Down at the Croc Center. And then we came back to the Funny Bone and had a big party. And so out in the, um, in the lobby there where we've got the marquee, we had taken one or two stools. I think it was just one stool with his spinny hypnosis light. And we had it plugged in. It was running while we were there. And then, and then we went and had the party. And, and uh, there was a barbecue guy that became friends with Jay. And he catered barbecue and stuff like that. And then when we were out on the, the patio and I was, I was getting ready to leave... I walked out into the bar and I looked out there in that spinny light. The light was still going, so it was plugged in, but the light bulb had burned out. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's. I mean, those bulbs, it was just a little nightlight bulb, and those bulbs, I mean, we had to change them up periodically, but we had taken that light. It was the same light, and we took it down to the memorial, and so it had been running down there. Sure. And we brought it back up to the club. We plugged it in. We were running it, and it was running the whole time the party was going on because I'd gone to the bathroom. I'd check, you know, I'd catch my eye. And then when the party was essentially over, the light was out. Uh, Yeah. That's That's, That just gave me chills right now. Yeah, that gave me chills too. You know, and I won't, we won't go into it or whatever, but the way that he passed or whatever, he really didn't have a chance to say goodbye to anyone. So that's no. him saying goodbye, you know? Yeah. And he's still sticking around because that was a place that he loved to be. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's, dude, that's crazy. That's a crazy story. I know, I know that uh, I've heard a few things when I've been there late at night, but I just chalk it up. You know, I like, I f- like, uh, you know, Colleen be in her office or something and, everything's dark and I left my keys up there and I'm getting ready to leave. Ask her if she needs someone to walk her out. So I go get my keys and the whole showroom's dark, but there's, it feels like there's someone there. You hear something like, Oh no, that's the ice machine or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you walk out of there and I've been told this and I've, I've always been like, I'm into ghosts. Like I want to see a ghost because (laughs) I'm like, Oh yeah. Then that explained there's something, there's not nothingness after, you know, and there's not, you know, I, I believe in that in like, life or you know you go your spirit goes somewhere or whatever but just having that proof like i've always been i like the adrenaline of being scared and shit so (laughs) it feels like there's something there and i know that i know that uh colleen sages like she wholeheartedly believes that she sages the club from Mm -hmm. time to time to get good energy in there and it's not just because of jay for sure when when there's other people there that have bad energy in the club but um and there was one time when she was talking about Jay and stuff like that. And, and then, and I was there that night and they had, we had just been talking about him and then we left the office and then we came back in and Daisy's like, did you put that there? 
And Colleen goes, what? And she goes, the, the paper from Jay's memorial. Did you put that there? And Colleen goes, I didn't put that there. It was up on the shelf. It, it had fallen, fallen down, down and landed on her desk after Perfectly. we had just been talking about him. So, yeah, he's definitely uh, hanging around he's there. still for around. Sure. Yeah. yeah, for sure. <clears throat> um, oh, yeah, I guess I interrupted you for all that, for, uh, <laughs> uh, for the stories that you were telling. Uh, oh, the craziest story? Yes. So there's... <laughs> There's a lot of them, but I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, he he was a regular at the club for. I mean, even at the weeks. old club, but mm-hmm. I mean, he was there for how many years? Uh, I mean, all 16 that I've been there. Yeah, and you know, before I that also, right? So. And then at the then that's at the new club. At the old club, you know, 10, 12 years before that, um, 20 plus years yeah. at least. Well, I remember, and I was looking at the pictures. It was 2007 or eight. We had celebrated his 1,000th show in Omaha between the old club and the new club. He had had 1,000 shows at that point. And then he was still here another three or four years after that. Wow. Yeah. That's There's nobody else that can say that. No, no one. No one could come close to that. Because he was here every, like you said, he always joked. He's like, I'm here every six weeks, just like the visa bill. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and because he did, did he do, he didn't do all the funny bones, right? Or did he go to all the funny bones? I know he did like colleges and things like that also. Yeah, he'd do colleges. He, he did lots of the funny bones and improvs. Um, you know, it, it all depended on what market he could get in. He was, he, Virginia beach. He was, he liked, uh, Tampa. He was good there for, uh, quite a while. Uh, Boise, when Boise had a club, he was up there. I don't know if he ever played the Cleveland area. I don't know if he, I think think he might have one of them. I'm not sure. I could. I, I think I heard a story about him doing Dayton, maybe. Dayton, Ohio, it could be. And then um, Des Moines, uh, Kansas City a couple times. Um, so, yeah, he, he would make, he had a little circuit that he would. But travel. I know here he was, I mean, he was, was like his home. Like he was super loved club. in like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, our local radio guys, Todd and Tyler had him on. Every time he was in town, they loved him. I mean, they still talk about him, bring stuff up. Mm-hmm. You know, they used to have his his sounders that they would play. And I mean, like he was part of the the comedy community basically in Omaha. Like everybody knew him. Right. Well, and there was a period of time, I think back in the 90s, where he lived here or he lived over in Iowa for you know, a couple of years. So, you know, not only was he performing here, but he, he lived around lived here. around here. Yeah. So I mean, you know, he knew Omaha, he knew Council Bluffs, he knew the area as well. Right. That's like his home club, cable guys, home club. Mm-hmm. Those are the two biggest people probably that have come out of the Omaha funny bone. Right. Yeah. That, I can, that I can think of. Yeah. Can't think of anybody else. Um, um but yeah, so medicine had stories, uh, yeah. crazy ones. So yeah. there's one that really, that sticks out is he was doing the Aretha Franklin bit and he had, uh, this black chick be Aretha Franklin. And he's like, and he's like, <laughs> I remember he's like, as he picked her and the crowd kind of groaned a little bit or started to murmur. He's like, Hey, shut the fuck up. She's the only one up here that I got to can do this. It's not because she's black. It's because I hypnotize she is. <laughs> <laughs> and so I wish you would have said that about me when he was like, Hey, he's the only gay backup dancer. Cause he's the only guy, not because he's gay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he, uh, picked her and he would always we would have a, a mic uh we would give an unplugged mic and he would hand that to the singer and then they would always tap it to check to see if it worked and then he would tap it as well you know he would tap his live mic 
So that way they could hear tapping. Oh. So because there's sometimes where they would blow in it or they're like, oh, it's not working. And he'd go, he'd go tap it again. So then he would and tap his mic and then, oh, okay. Then, because otherwise that's another thing where if that could have popped them out of their hypnosis. Yeah. If you don't believe that it's on. Right. You don't think this is a mic, you're going to pop out. They're like, what am I holding? And so he has her do the Aretha Franklin bit and she, you know, she's killing it. She's all into it and she's moving around and everything going. And then at the end, she fucking grabs her wig, whips it around and throws it out of the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> the place erupted. Oh, it was hilarious. I bet. That's awesome. Holy shit. Yeah, because she had like shoulder length or longer hair and she just fucking whips this thing out into the crowd. I'm guessing nobody expected that oh, at all. Not at all. And then when she, then when he broke her, woke her up, you know, then he put her wig on her lap and then when he woke her up, she's looking around and she's looking at her wig and she's like, oh shit. Yeah, like what the fuck happened? <laughs> no one knows I wear a wig. <laughs> we do now. <laughs> That's no. awesome. Yeah. That's so funny. That was awesome. <laughs> um, but you know, and there are other times where during the the, the gay dancer guys, uh, I mean, there are some dudes that would really get into it, and and uh, their girlfriends were at the end. They were like, "I'm kind of questioning him right now. I got some things to ask him." <laughs> you know, it was it was crazy how like when he said you're going to be attracted to Willie Nelson. And I, I'm trying to think of at the time, like what does Willie Nelson look like? You know, the white hair, the beard, I think he's you know, looked the same for about forever. 70 years. Yeah. Braids, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, as soon as he said it, man, I was off that stage and it, it was not just him, but another guy that was with him man. I was yeah. all up in their shit. <laughs> and that guy used to come out a lot. Him and his wife uh, lived in Red Oak and they would come out every time that was in town. They would come out and they'd always sit right down front. And Jay always loved to have somebody fuck with him. And you were the fortunate recipient. Yeah, I got to do that. <laughs> I definitely got to do that. And now that guy is your husband. <laughs> I, I bleed the fifth. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, some guys would be picking other guys up and dancing with them. And uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, then the guys would take off their shirt. And, and again, like you said before, if you weren't. If you're, if he says take off your shirt and your first response is no, you're not gonna take your shirt off. Right. But if he says take your shirt off and you're like, you Fuck pop yeah, that shirt right off, you <laughs> yeah. pop that shirt right off. And so there's some guys he would tell you know take your shirt off, and so then the guys would take their shirts off, and then they would take belts off, and then sometimes at the end of the song there'd be clothes all over the place, glasses, <laughs> hats, shirts, belts, shoes, flip flops, and so then we have to okay, who's does this go who's to? This, who's this yeah. go to? And so yeah, shoes were a big one when I sat at the front. Everyone would always lose their shoes and. I'd have to try to keep track of whose shoes were what and all that shit. Yeah, for mine, my shirt was un- I was unbuttoning my shirt, mm-hmm. and one of the the guys on the side came. One of the the door guys came over and was like, "Hey, let's get you. We need to get you back up on stage. You, you can't be down here the whole time." Yeah. And so as I'm going back up on stage, my shirt's just unbuttoned and just open. You know, like the, and it was like that for the rest of the show. I think probably because he didn't usually i don't remember buttoning it back up so yeah. once you did something like that he didn't usually take the time to <laughs> right. fix you and you get you be, back to normal you'd fix yourself up uh that's always a fun part to me is when everyone <laughs> wakes up at the end and i feel like um i feel like this was jay that did this is when he had everyone dancing around he would have them like wake up while they were doing it and they'd all like look around and be like what the fuck am i doing and then he'd like put them back under under um i don't one of the hypnotists hypnotist shows uh that i saw it was like that i can't i think it was him but i'm not sure and then the other thing is at the very end when they wake up and their shit's unbuttoned and their shoes are gone and they're just kind of like what the fuck just happened like (laughs) 
And it's such a turn from them being like all into everything and not giving a fuck. And then they're like, oh shit, what the fuck did I do? It's so weird because, because it kind of, is there like a haze? You over remember, yeah, totally. you remember everything that you did, but there's like a haze as to why you did it. Right. And it comes back to you. And it then slowly yeah, the longer you're, oh, you're up, the Reme- more you, you start mem- to remember. remember and like I said, like some of these things are vividly clear. And then when he started talking about at the end, you know, asking who you're with that triggered that. Oh yeah. And I remember him having me stand up and say, I've got a two, I've got two inches of hard dick. Who wants some, <laughs> you know, like I remember it vividly now. <laughs> and I mean, he wasn't too far off. <laughs> so it's almost like, uh, it feels like everything was a dream that you kind of remember when you first yeah. wake up, but it, yeah, it's but instead of losing it, you gain more of it back. You know, when you right. wake up from a, a weird dream right. and you're like trying to remember it. <laughs> and then like a day like, later, you're like, what did I dream about? Yeah, it's like slowly <laughs> slips away and you can't remember. But this is the opposite effect where you remember more as as the next day goes on. You're like, oh, yeah, I did do that. Hmm. Well, and he would do sometimes he I don't think he did the in the middle of the bit. But what I do remember of waking them up. But what I do remember is sometimes he would send them all or he would. Sometimes you do it on stage, sometimes you do it in the audience, where he would say, on the count of three, you're going to instantly remember everything that you did up here on stage tonight. One, two, three, and he'd snap his fingers, and the people's face, because they would just all come flooding back to oh. quick, and they're all just like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> dropping their heads and doing Embarrassment that. ensues. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes he would do it when they would go out in the audience, and he would, some of the post-subjections uh, that he would do at the end, involved in the audience so he would say he would also sometimes say as soon as your ass hits the chair you would stand you sometimes they would stand up and yell at the people that they were with you right right or sometimes when your ass hit the chair you would remember everything so then i'd bring the house lights up and then they would all randomly walk back and sit down and then in the crowd next to their friends they remembered everything that they just did yeah and their friends are laughing and pointing at them and stuff like that that's awesome too sometimes he would tell them when they get outside and hit the cold air it it would everything would come flooding back to you um, and then sometimes he would, some of the other post suggestions is he would, he usually did it when there was a couple and he would look at them and he would yeah, say, this is my favorite. <laughs> he would look at him. He's like, uh, he's like, Oh, well he had two of them, two popped in my head. One, he would say, uh, what I want you to do when you get home is you're going to, uh, go home and you're going to fuck your old man in the neighbor's front yard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. then when you get done, you're going to go up to the door, knock on it and say, I just got done fucking my old man in your yard. You're next. <laughs> Imagine if your neighbor came up to your house and said that. Yeah. <laughs> like, you'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'd be like, all right. Well, let's go then. <laughs> My yard. <laughs> <laughs> and then other times he would, he, if there was a couple, he's like, did you guys ride together? And they were like, yeah. He's like, all right, cool. So you tell the girl, he's like, when you guys are riding home together, every red light you stop at, you're going to, or the first red, first red light you stop at, you're going to reach down and suck his dick. <laughs> That's the best. And sometimes I'd be like, oh, those are my kids. <laughs> they wrote their, with their kids. And you just told their mom to suck their dad's dick on the way home. <laughs> Imagine that fucking van on the ride home. Oh, God. Like, Which, dude, those suggestions work because I saw, again, this guy that I'm starting to hate even more because every story <clears throat> Vinny tells, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen this bit, but not by the guy who invented the bit, yeah. you know, you saw, which you fucking saw makes me angry. Half-assed version of the Yes. Bit. The great the, value one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The Walmart brand. <laughs> Walmart brand. He told a lady, uh, he put a suggestion in her mind when she left and if the first, if she saw a cop that she would fucking yell, uh, I hate cops or you fucking pig or something crazy like that at him. Mm-hmm. And, 
like I've said before, at times we have a police officer that comes and stands up by the funny bone when we let out or whatever. And he put that suggestion. And as she was walking out, she fucking yelled that shit at him. <laughs> and everyone she was with was laughing. And she just put her hand over her mouth right after she yelled it like, oh, my God. And the cop was laughing, too. But it was I was like, holy shit, <laughs> that shit works. Because at that yeah. time, you know, I don't see them when they go home. I don't I didn't really know if it worked, but yeah. it fucking works, dude. Yeah. So that's hilarious that some lady's sucking her. <laughs> <laughs> They're fucking grown kids in the back seat. Kids in the back. Like, no, mom, no. What are you doing? <laughs> oh man. Yeah, he was definitely, definitely some wild times. He was definitely the the king, the king of hypnosis, the king of comedy, the king of Omaha. Because he wasn't just hypno; he was right. also stand up. He he did stand up in the eighties. He was on MTV. He was on Star Search. He oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that he was on Star Search and stuff. I'm That's pretty sure he awesome. was on Star Search, or he was on. Something, something similar, like right, right, right. And you know, uh, if uh, I'm friends with his daughters on Facebook, and they uh, they've been posting some articles of you know he was an up and comer in Iowa for stand up, and you know just how you know look out for this guy, and uh, you know his his you know he he had material he liked to do because in the beginning he would do 15 minutes of stand up up front, right, and he would go into the hypno show. So it wasn't just about stand up. It wasn't just about hypnosis. And, and, and even then, as you saw with the guy that came in, that wasn't medicine hat. Right. It was his personality. It was him on stage. Oh, absolutely. It was his voice, his voice, his, his laugh, laugh. Yes. Just, his, the way he did things, his cadence. It was, it wasn't just one aspect of it that made him so great and loved by Omaha. It was everything with that whole package. And just even show the scumbag stealing his act. It shows how awesome his act was as he yeah. can't even be gone for that long. And this motherfucker is out there trying to run his act. Cause he knew how good it was. He just couldn't, he just isn't as good because he's not him. And know? he's not and the only the one medicine. I'm sure he's not. I'm sure he's not. He got, he was out in Vegas and he got a phone call from someone one time. He was like, Hey, you know, is this Jay Medicine? He's like, yeah. He's like, Hey, I just wanted to thank you. He's like, for what? I don't even know you. And he said, well, because I went and saw your show, I think it was in Omaha, maybe Kansas City, and now I've built a hypnosis show just like yours, and I've got a room out here in Vegas, and I, and I perform two nights a week every night out here. And oh, Jesus. Doing the yeah. same thing. Doing, yeah, and Jay's like, you got some fucking balls to be calling me up. And saying thank you? Yeah. Thank yeah. you for letting me steal your material yeah, and getting a room bullshit. in Vegas? Yeah, he said, Jay said, you better hope that I don't find you while I'm out here. And I, that's a scary thing. I would believe he was a, he was a, he was big, a big guy. Dude, yeah. He was a big dude. He was a tough son bitch. Scary and, dude. Yeah. He could yeah. be scary. Yeah. He, yeah. And I mean, all the moving parts of it and just how funny he was and how smart he was. And, you know, I remember that when I went up, I remember seeing, I didn't even realize that he did stand. I knew he was a funny guy from listening to him on, on the radio and mm-hmm. stuff. And I knew that he was going to hypnotize people, but I didn't realize he was going to actually do you know, 15 minutes of stand up before he started calling people up. And I remember laughing really hard at his jokes. He was doing one about, uh, it was something about Coke and, and driving a truck in Omaha or something. Or, you know, I mean, I don't yeah. even remember all the jokes, uh, but I mean, he was, there's a B one he'd tell, uh, about a B getting in this car or something that I heard a couple times, but that was at the old club. It was probably an old joke. Yeah. I haven't heard that one, but he used to tell a story about how he, he had a joke about how he was uh, speeding and, uh, cop was chasing after him and that's and, what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, you know, he, he was going too fast and then he slammed on his brakes or I, it's been a long time, you know, obviously. And, and he, yeah, we're I not remember doing any of them, any of these jokes, justice. <laughs> right. Right. But I, I, the, the part that I remember is that, you know, he had 
minutes that they had stopped and the cop comes running up and he goes, do you have any idea how fucking fast you were going? And he said, and he goes, and he was standing looking at me as he goes, his Smokey the Bear hat was all tilted to the side. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, you must, he's like, yeah, he's like, you must've been going pretty fast because you fucking caught up with me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, we're at about an hour and seven minutes. You want to yeah, probably call it the call yeah, it and wrap it up. Fun. We got some good yeah, stories fun, with Vinny, and uh, we'll have you that, back for sure because I know to. Vinny has so many stories being there for sixteen years or so that not just about Jay. We wanted to cover him because we want to bring you in first to cover a little bit about Jay. I'm sure he'll come up in the in the future, but because he was such a big part of the mm-hmm. Omaha funny bone. Like I said, there's few people that you can name, you can say their name. And to me, you're one of those people, maybe people on the outside that don't know that are the Omaha funny bone. Cause you've been there so long. Jay's one of them. You're one of them, obviously Colleen, uh, cable guy, people like that. So that's why we wanted to cover a little bit of him today. And we'll definitely have you back on to, and especially because he's somebody that was near and dear to you. And, oh, yeah. and more than Absolutely. just on that work level, there was more of a personal yeah, level. A There's a, yeah. very much not a just friend. professional. It was, right. it was a, a started friendship. out professional and you guys became friends and right. You, you which that's one of the things about guy. this industry. That's awesome. And, and, and what we do, you get to meet so many people. And after, you know, you see them a few times, they've come through a few times, you start to get to know them more personally. You know, I can't tell you how many times people come in. I mean, big name comedians are like, Hey, where's Vinny at? Is Vinny working this weekend? Yep. You know, I want to ask him how his kids are doing, you know, cause you've been around for so long. Right. All these guys know you, you know, they keep up with you when they're in town. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on and we will have you back is to, to talk about more of those kind of people, more of those experiences that you have. But yeah, it, I think hitting on Jay first because it was such a close thing for you was, was really important for us. Yeah. Yep. So, Anyway, we want to say thank you, and uh, you can visit us online at Door Guys Pod. We're now on Instagram if you want to follow us there as well. We're going to put some more pictures up and uh, some behind-the-scenes stuff. And then uh, email address is doorguyspod at yahoo.com. And uh, the only thing we have left that we haven't done is... We'll go out on this is the Cheeto Challenge. Cheeto Challenge. I, I know that you're a little stuffed <laughs> up today, so you can take a pass one time. But... Uh, we have the odds here. The over-under for Vinny's is three. I think that's what it was for Nick Allen and uh, our expert picks. I got. I think Vinny could do five. Scott's got seven. Uh, Kay's got five. And Andres, the creator of this, said five also. So everyone thinks you're going to get five. I get, you got a big mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my thing is, I don't know how I got 11. I don't think anyone uh, else uh, is going to come How drunk close. were you? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> This guy was explaining some kind of cock tricks, dude. No. Earlier. <laughs> Mouth cock. He said, I don't have a gag reflex or something. And then he says he folds his tongue snake style in the back of his mouth. I, well, I mean, I can't. Is that technique, dude? I don't. Attached? I, <laughs> I can lay it flat and, and it goes back into my throat. like, And it doesn't gag me. I don't know why. I've been able to do it since I was a kid. But uh, that does yeah. explain the cock word. Earlier. Yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> explains why you're picked as the gay dude. Also. I mean, I opened myself up for that one yeah, earlier, sure so I, I'll take that. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think el- they're deceptively big. I think 11 was ridiculous. And he, even they were saying, you know, we're not sure how the fuck you did that. And I really am not sure myself, but. And I didn't even get 
I, I should explain. I feel like we didn't explain to Nick Allen that you can spit them out when you're done. You don't have to eat them because I felt like he gave up at four because there's a point that I got when I had six, when I had maybe four in my mouth where I was like, oh, if I start chewing Cheeto dust <laughs> all in my lungs and shit, like it's going to be bad. <laughs> so I'm going to grab a fucking something that he can spit in if he wants to. <laughs> and he's going to film it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now I will say that I, you know, Cheeto puffs aren't uh, new to me. My uh, my in laws have them all the time, so I'm used to sticking several in my mouth. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I mean, it's <sighs> eleven was tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how you uh, pulled that off. I don't know either. I would have. I almost had twelve. I almost had twelve, and I th- I was big balling it, thinking I was going to do fourteen, and there's just no way. <laughs> well, you got to shoot big, right? Yeah. Dude, eleven is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> It's that, it's that uh, nimble tongue. Oh, it's got to be. It's just the magic. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Let's see, do I look? Uh, do I look Ooh. for the longer ones or the curlier ones? You know, the one of the strategies we thought is if you can find straight ones, you put all the the yeah. curved ones on the outside, and then all the straight ones in the middle. You could fit more, maybe, but there's right. not very many straight ones. No, there's there's not. I'm looking in this bag, and I'm not seeing a whole lot of straight ones. <laughs> no, but and the thing is, is once you crush one, that's where you stop. So right. however many you can get in without crushing one. And uh, you can have basically half of it in your mouth, and it's still, we're going to count still it. Yeah, yeah, we're still going to count it. We're still going to count it. He's right. going for one here. It's a good one. He's tucking it in. That was my strategy. Mm-hmm. You got to use the cheeks. Yeah, yep. that's good. That's you stack good. on the top and the bottom. It's already a way better start than Nick Allen, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> two? Two is He tapped out so fast, so too. Fast. He got scared. Three? He's not a real Cheeto guy. <laughs> He's got that. Here's four. And then they're nice. It's starting to run out of room that, already. That, that's, <laughs> hey, that's my strategy. Dude, once you go though, with that's... four or five, dude, it's good. He's got five. Here comes six. Six. Uh oh. He's already. Uh... Oh, oh. Here's seven. It's t- a little bit of a tighter squeeze. Going back to the left side. Oh, oh. Easily seven. Seven. <laughs> I'm going to say it was easy oh, for him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> eight you got it in there that's eight <laughs> no more no more nope he got it uh oh uh oh he's looking for a place to tuck this last one to make it nine. Oh, 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 oh. oh that's nine, nine. i'm you counting that one i'm counting uh, that yeah, one i'll nine. count that one too <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's got he's got room he's got on the left side. He says for one more. He's going ten. He's real close to Scott territory here. Oh, that's in there. That, I'm counting that. That's, yeah, 10. that's ten. That's ten. That's, that's it. it. He's, he's tapping out at ten. That's number two overall. <laughs> <laughs> Vinny coming in taking second place from Davis. Oh, I'm gonna have a redo soon, dude. That <laughs> fucking, I was now the first one ever doing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, like I told Nick Allen, I said, you know, you should you should practice that. And he said, yeah, like I have any other reasons to get in my way of getting laid, (laughs) 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 which, you know, I mean, hey, very true. Hey, and everyone who takes part in this challenge, when we finally get uh, the shit viral, <laughs> Cheetos sponsors us. You yeah. get a free bag of Cheetos, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love me some We'll be Cheetos. sending it in the mail. <laughs> and with that, we will part you guys adieu. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Thanks for having me.